Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, it's Allison. Welcome back to the podcast. And today we have another guest interview. And today I'm bringing you a couple, a family. It's Christopher and Elizabeth Borelli. And they have hiked thousands of miles together while carrying their two young children on their backs. Christopher and Elizabeth have advanced degrees in chemistry from Stanford University and the University at, um, sorry, University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, which by the way, we have a family farm right there. An old, uh-huh. I'll, we'll talk about that in the podcast. Um, Christopher <laughs> is a chemistry professor at the University of Nevada, Reno, and Elizabeth is an artist and an educator. They live in the beautiful city of Reno and never grow tired of the endless hiking opportunities. Although they have published dozens of scientific papers, this work is their first book, which is called Base Camp Reno. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So glad to have you on. Um, you know, when I heard that you had written this book and that you were a couple that was dedicated to taking your kids out into the wilderness hiking, I thought I've got to have these people on my podcast because I have a shared um, uh, belief and a value system around getting kids in the great outdoors because my parents took us camping every summer when I was a little girl. We lived in tents for pretty much all of July and August. And when I was raising my kids, it was so important to me that they have that shared experience that I took my kids camping with another family from the time they were two and three right up until they were teenagers and I thought gosh I've never talked about this with my parenting audience and you're clearly more advanced at this and have are more dedicated to this than me so I want you to to celebrate and espouse all the the greatness of hiking when when did when did you start becoming hiking aficionados Uh, we started hiking together when we first started uh dating and getting married we actually did a road trip through all the national parks in the West. And that's how we got engaged and that started hiking for us. But uh, I had a similar experience to you. My dad was a 
uh, cub master. He was an Eagle scout and led cub scouts. And so we were hiking and camping when I was little very frequently. And I just thought it was amazing to be outside with my family. Yeah. I would say though, we didn't really become good at hiking until actually after kids. Um, that's really, we accelerated, actually hiked more, I'd say more frequently. Um, and certainly after moving to Reno, but then as it became a habit with hiking as a family, um, which is not something I expected. I expected the exact opposite that, Oh, okay. You know, we're about to have kids. All right, let's get some hiking in while Elizabeth is pregnant, not too pregnant. And then it's going to be pretty much over. We'll wait until they're, you know, six or six or seven, then we'll get back into it. And uh, that's not at all what has happened. So it turns out that having children doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a ball and a chain that, that reins you in. No, not, not a bit. <laughs> so yeah, so when we were pregnant, um, originally we were living in the San Francisco Bay Area, and then Chris got a job at the University of Nevada, Reno to be a chemistry professor. So we moved mid-pregnancy to Reno. And when we first came to Reno, it felt like the hiking opportunities were everywhere, just right in your backyard and everywhere you could turn. And so I was in my third trimester already, but we were thinking, this is our new home. We need to check it out. And we started going on uh, different websites that have hikes, the all trails and we were hiking very slowly. You know, I had this huge belly and uh, it was good. We would hike maybe only one mile an hour, but we were still getting out there. And I felt like my body was so strong carrying this baby and bringing good oxygen to him. Um, it made for a very easy labor. We actually <clears throat> joked when my daughter was born that that's why she came so quickly and easily. She's our second born. So, so just for those people, including me, who in doing a little bit of research before meeting you folks, I got really super excited about Reno and knew zip diddly nothing before this interview. And now I'm like super stoked to come visit. So <laughs> I, I, I hope we make good friends in this podcast so I can drop in for tea because you've got me we all love to have you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so be the tourism bureau for this new town that you had to get settled in a new job and start a new family. And you looked around and you're like, whoa, look where we landed. Like d describe a little bit about what, what is so special about Reno and the, the, the geographic wonderment of what's there. Well, Reno is in, in northern Nevada, and Nevada is mostly desert. Um, but where Reno is located is uh, just east of Lake Tahoe. And so we're right on the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountain range. Um, and Lake Tahoe is the largest alpine lake in, in the United States. Yeah. So. And I, I have been to Lake Tahoe. I have, I have gone, I have gone fishing and hiking in, in, and I learned about oxygen deprivation from altitude in trying to run in, in Lake Tahoe. So <laughs> I know something of which you speak, but I don't know Reno. Yeah. So it's about a 45 minute uh, drive from, from Lake Tahoe. So uh, for, for the outdoors people, you know, it's a really great place because there's mountains 360 degrees around you, desert to the east 
snowy mountains to the west. Um, and you really just get a wide range of ecological uh, environments to, to play in because you're at this interface. So there's a lot of diversity um, in the plants and animals. And uh, yeah. yeah, so right now it's early April and the mountains in the Sierra Nevadas have huge snow depths and you know, they're beautiful, people are skiing. But if you go to the east where we were hiking yesterday, there's just fields of wildflowers. And so it's kind of a choose your own adventure, like, oh, let's just hike through an enormous hillside of purple flowers. Okay, we can do that. And we can drive 30 minutes in the other direction and go snowshoeing tomorrow if we wanted to. Wow. Wow. It's like you've got a you've got this like portal <laughs> into all these different <laughs> environments. <laughs> yeah, there's there's 300 days of sunshine as well. And so uh, in the city, it, the, the weather is very, very good. Yeah, wow. it almost never rains is another way to say it. Yeah. So we go hiking every week of every year. It's What's the, t- what's the average temperature there? It can get hot in the summer um, in the city, but because you can go up into the mountains very easily, you kind of can choose your own temperature as well. So sometimes it'll be, oh shoot, I have to be in Celsius. I know. <laughs> we'll, do the, meters. we'll do the, uh, <laughs> we'll do the conversion. No worries. <laughs> so it, it can get up to like 30, 30 degrees Celsius. Or, uh, they're Googling uh, it. I love it. That's very kind. Yeah. Yeah. So what numbers do you want? Yeah. 30's hot. You'll 30's hot for us. Part, but 30's hot, but that's what I want. I want hot. But I love, I love the, I love the fact that, okay, so it's hot. So let's go to a higher altitude where there's still snow. I mean, that's just what a great, what a great hack. If- <laughs> yeah. So, so we can get, uh, above, you know, 32 degrees Celsius, uh, in the summer, but that's only in downtown. And so you can go up, you know, several thousands of meters and then it's much, much cooler, uh, in, in the mountains. So Sort of you have a good temperature no matter the time of year. You know, in the winter, you want to be lower down a lot of times when it's uh, warmer. Yeah. And so um, when did, so you hiked right up until you're pregnant. And how old are your kids now? And, and t- tell me about like early excursions with the youngest of kids and, and uh, what that experience was like. Yeah. So we have uh, two kids. Our oldest is um, my son. His name is Sage. He's four. And then our youngest, her name is Juniper and she is two. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, we started camping and and hiking with with both of them when they were one month old. I think that's when we we started. And so, you know, we we carried them in, in a front carrier very close to our chest and you're not going on, on, on long excursions at that point, but it's just sort of comforting to them and they get to be outside and they're close to your body and they're, yeah, it was they're the ha- kangarooing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm at, honestly at that stage, they're so light. It's very, very easy. Um, <clears throat> you know, the main thing we learned very quickly is, uh, you know, obviously you don't want to, fall at all costs, right? Um, so 
you go slowly and uh, you, you bring hiking poles, right? Even on flat terrain. And so with the hiking poles, uh, you know, we found you, you basically won't fall. Uh, that those will always break your, break your fall. Um, and so we felt, we felt very safe, you know, with newborns, uh, close to us. Mm -hmm. And in the book, you're, you also outline the, there's various, um, ratings for these trips in terms of how, you know, how, complex the challenges and how long the challenges. So if you're going out with a one month old, you're picking trails that are going to be, you know, where you don't need ice picks and, uh, you know, yes, so you, don't, you don't need your Sherpa to take your gear up to the next base camp as you're <laughs> Yeah. So we have, uh, hikes that are rated as easy, difficult, and, uh, you know, epic where it's a full day adventure. And the way that we calculated those um, was we inputted the information about the terrain, how uh, steep the trail is, are you hiking on a paved trail or are you hiking on kind of loose rocks? And there was a formula developed by um, the US government that they use for the army. And we just inputted all the same data to figure out how many calories are we burning if we're carrying our kids who weigh 10 pounds or when they weigh 20 pounds. And that gave us an output of calories burned. And we use that to say, okay, if you're burning less than 300 calories, that's an easy hike. If you're burning what were some of the strenuous if, ones? If you're, if you're burning like more than 2,000, we consider that as an epic hike. Thank Nobody's you. going on an epic hike. a Fitbit hike. watch, I'm very happy that I <laughs> 2,000 yeah. rates is epic. Because I'm in, we've, in here in Canada, we've been in lockdown in Toronto longer than any other place in the world. And like my Fitbit around my apartment, even with one flight of stairs, is like, I'm lucky if I get 400 steps in some days. So yes, 2,000 sounds epic these days. <laughs> All well, considered. And, yeah. And with the kids on your back uh, or on your front in the beginning, then they transition to the back as they get older. Uh, it's just been really great strength training for both yeah. of us uh, because, you know, they're gradually getting heavier. And so uh, you sort of have to uh, catch up with them. And so it just is naturally built in resistance where each week that you're hiking, they're a little bit heavier and that's a little bit harder, even if you did the exact same height. And so it's just been kind of a natural workout program um, that way. Well, no, so and we've also, oh. Go, no, we've so also, go ahead, Elizabeth. Yeah. In terms of being a good role models to the kids and showing them that we can exercise as a whole family and that exercise is important. They see us sweating every week and needing to drink water because we're doing our workout routines all together. And so when I think about, you know, when my kids are older, they're going to know that moving our bodies is important. And mom and dad don't just disappear to the gym a few times a week. And what's a gym? What are they even doing there? They get to see us. And I think that that will help 
plant roots of wanting to exercise and wanting to spend time with their families doing that. And so as your kids got older then, you know, I, I mean, you know, I imagine with just an infant on your chest or back or whatever, it's mostly you guys interacting and looking and bird watching or whatever. But as your kids start to want to get down on the ground and start getting verbal, you kind of move into the next stage of parenting where you're hiking with kids as opposed to like birth weight on your chest. <laughs> That's mostly sleeping. You know, we have to stop and nurse or change a diaper maybe. But so when does it sort of switch into like um, an engagement activity for a, for a little one? Uh, when our kids were about six months old, we moved them from the front carriers where their face is into our chest to, uh, where they can sit and then they can go into a carrier on our backs. And when they're on the back, then they can look around and it was around probably nine months that our kids started having enough, uh, verbalizations or sign language where they could say like, um, I remember this one peak in particular, we hiked to the top of Spanish Springs and our son was just pointing. He was only maybe nine months old and he had spotted a herd of wild horses on a opposing ridge. And he was saying, you know, trying to make a horse sound <laughs> and pointing. And so they're looking around and taking it in. And so we would stop and say, oh, this is the name, you know, our son Sage, we're saying, this is sagebrush. And to our daughter, this is a juniper tree. And so our kids are named after the ecological system that we camp in most of the time. Yeah. And then, you know, once they start, they're about two or even a little bit younger, then they really desire to hike by themselves, you know, so and they, they, that's at the stage we are now. You know, Sage is four, so a lot of the trip he'll be he'll be hiking, we'll be holding hands, or he'll be running off a little bit in front of us. Um, but then if he gets tired, he goes in the carrier. Um, so. Yeah, so we're stopping where there's a hole in the ground. Who might live here? You know, let's let's stop and look at it, and we continue on. And oh, look, some tiny flower just as small as a pinhead and our kids can spot it and so we stop and look and talk about it so we it's never fast <laughs> but that's okay because this is our time to interact as a family yeah that's a bit you know t t the fact that you're doing a hike means you know you're going to hit your fitness goals but if you put the fitness goal of i got to burn off the calories and we got to be back in the car tick tock why do you want to stop and look at this wildflower you're screwing up my workout <laughs> you're going to be really disappointed with hiking with kids <laughs> yeah well and with uh with sage being four he's big and chris carries uh we have to carry water for the two of us and the kids and snacks to help motivate them. And so um, if there's a long hike, Chris might have uh, 70 pounds on his back. What would that be in kilograms? Yeah, like 30 kilograms. So, wow. I mean, in, it-, it uh, For just one, it, for one day hike. Yeah. Yeah, for a day hike. And wow. uh, so, yeah, but that's been easy for me. It's not like my back is hurting or anything because I've been doing it in the beginning. Yeah. We're not um, crazy 
if you look at us, we're look like normal people. You know, I can imagine some listeners like, oh, well, that's good for them because they're these like weird Olympians. But uh, yeah, I only we're putting your family really... picture in the ad. They'll see. They'll see. You're yeah. You're, yeah. Common yeah, folk. It's, it, with... it, it, it's just a gradual strength training that naturally occurred. You know, we're not we're not lifting weights outside or anything outside of this. So um, that's just been a really great, great benefit. So let, let's talk. I want to know what's in that pack. So, you, you know, you got kids that need to be motivated by food. I, I mean, what do you take? Do, do you have like your like little rescue package of, um, uh, oh, God, what if we have a diaper blowout or we got a kid who doesn't want to yeah. get moving? What's in that pack? <laughs> Yeah, so we have uh, we have water, uh, we have uh, diapers, <laughs> two or three diapers, uh, wipes in there. Uh, we have food, and then a little emergency first aid kit, and then we carry uh, two lightweight blankets at all times, uh, just in case it gets windy or we didn't pack the right <laughs> uh, clothing for the kids. Then they have some emergency like scarf. Yeah, uh, and we also use that as a little picnic blanket. We use that as a picnic blanket. And then any warm hats uh, or you know extra clothing for the kids. Yeah, and then uh, sunscreen and sunglasses. We don't bring bug spray because there aren't really bugs where we live. But yeah, so I mean, I think that's pretty much the same as you would bring on a normal hike. The only difference is, but I'm, but I'm not hearing, I'm not hearing books or iPads. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You don't need uh, external entertainment when you're hiking. I would say Um, they, they stay interested enough. You, they, they, they never sit down and just say, I'm bored. I want Paw Patrol. (laughs) (laughs) That's never happened a single time. Uh, we do bring, we have these little uh, spoons that uh, we use to, to eat our tuna. <laughs> and uh, that's one of their favorite tools because they, they use that also to dig. They like to dig when we take a break. <laughs> um, but no, they're always looking at something, you know, sometimes we'll come, come across a bone and then they'll carry some animal bone or an interesting rock. I know Juniper is so funny. She's two. So she's the slowest one on our hikes and she will fill her pockets with rocks because they're so cool and they're so pretty and her pockets are filled and they're like bulging out and her hands are filled. It's like, oh, sweetheart, this is too heavy for you. <laughs> no, Chris is going, I have to carry those home on my back on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be no gravel left in the Sierra Nevadas. It's all going to be mounded in your backyard <laughs> from the rock hoarder. Yeah. So, so the day hiking is, is, is pretty easy where it gets uh, challenging for us. If we want to go on a, a, a big challenge uh, and really get a, get a good workout and have a great time. Then we go backpacking with the kids. Um, so and, backpacking versus hiking, what's the difference for the lay person here? I'm not sure. Is that camping? So backpack, backpacking is where, uh, your, your tent, you're going to pitch your tent somewhere in the wilderness. So you're going to hike out to your campsite or it's not a formal campsite. In most cases, it's just, uh, a nice piece of wilderness that you want to stay the night in. Right. Uh, so you have to bring all your gear now. So, uh, you have to bring your tent. You have to bring sleeping bags. 
more food, right? Ways to purify water. Uh, and then for us, plus the kids. Right. And the stuffed animals. And <laughs> because you need your lovey. That's yes. Uh, and they're not so old we, enough to care. They're not old. I mean, I know with my kids going camping, the, the, the gear gets exponential, but I mean, I always made the kids carry something, whether that was a Nalgene bottle or a paddle or a life jacket or something, they always had to carry something. Nobody, if you were able bodied, you had to carry something, but let's face it, the Wanigan and the, and all the other big backpacks that really goes to the, to the adults. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah. in a few years, you'll be able to put them in their own backpacks too, I guess, and take a little load till then Chris is going to be ripped. (laughs) But the trick, but the trick with that one is we use a stroller. And so, uh, we, we have a heavy duty stroller that has, uh, inflatable tires. Like it's basically like a bike. Um, and then we put all of our gear in the stroller. Usually is how we do it. We, We switch off. We alternate. Sometimes the kids want to go in the stroller, but uh, we found the easiest. We strap all our gear, you know, tie our, our gear in the stroller, push the stroller, and then also have uh, the kids on our back. Each, each. Oh my gosh, I love it! So you've got um, you've got. So then you're looking at a trail that's going to be tire tire ready, which is in your book, right? You're going to say which ones are good for rolling things versus yeah. Not. I mean, hopefully not too many crazy rocks. Yeah. <laughs> But we've done that every year as our uh, anniversary thing to do. Um, So, yeah, we're going on our sixth anniversary this year. So we've done that backpacking with the kids for many years now. So, so extol the benefits. I mean, you and I know, cause we lived it firsthand, but for, for people that are like, you know, I'm not outdoorsy. I don't know. I need a little encouragement there. I, I find that parents are like, if it's good for the kids, I'll do it. Sign me up. So like, what do you think are the extol the benefits that you think your kids are getting from, from this? Uh, they have our complete attention and what more would a kid want than the parents where we're not distracted by the dirty house or the to-do list. You know, we're not checking emails when we're out camping and- You can't a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, there, we we all intentionally sometimes go where there's no cell phone service. And then it's, they ask us a question and we answer because our full attention is being put right there. We're not trying to multitask. And the kids know that and they can, Um, they also like where they can just run and be goofy and dig with a tiny spoon in the gravel and everybody's saying, oh, you're going to get dirty. Oh, don't touch that. And because they have more freedom and we're giving them more intentional time, these are the memories that I think are going to last. And they, they know that they're loved. I don't know if they could formulate it in those words, but when we ask them, well, what do you want to do? Do you, What do you want to do today? Or what should we do this weekend? The first phrase, the first sentence my son could say when he was one year old was go hiking. <laughs> so he, he loves it and they, they really love it. Yeah. And I think also, you know, it's just one thing that, uh, I've, I've seen other 
families struggle with is things like screen time, um, kids getting sucked into technology or, or television. Uh, and for, for Sage and Juniper, that just hasn't been a problem just because we haven't prioritized those things. So they don't really see that as something to be interested in. Yeah, family um, bonding isn't watching a movie together. Family bonding is being outside, sitting outside, spending and, time together. Yeah. yeah. Do, do they have exposure to tech though? I, I know they're still young, but do, do they play any games on iPad or watch any Caillou? Uh, yeah, they have some graphing calculators, which are. And they take they, they like taking uh, pictures on our phones. So they'll ask to do that when we're hiking. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not using them to, to watch yeah. videos or, or anything like that. Yeah, they so. don't know about Coco Melon or uh Chris doesn't know about Coco Melon either. <laughs> 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 That's the benefit, right? They don't, they don't cover that at Stanford in chemistry. I can't believe I don't know. What a what a knowledge gap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my parents were both, my grand, sorry, my grandparents were both scientists, chemistry, oh. uh, which was very rare for a woman, my grandmother, to be a chemist um, yeah. in yeah. Illinois in, in the 20s. Like, women didn't go to university, let alone go to a science program. She was a real anomaly. Um, but they loved science. And as grandparents who were also um, Adlerian parent educators, which, which is my background and training, they everything that we got from them was like you know charts on different cloud formations or we you know we had we got um um, microscopes really early like we got all little little um uh framed geograph uh geological rock samples and like this is what i got for (laughs) this is what me as a six-year-old you know got as you know christmas presents from my grandparents but they they just were in such awe of nature you know and um and they eventually retired and moved on to a boat. And, uh, and so, you know, then I started to learn about salt water and the different formations there. But you know what? It was honestly their love and intrigue, their passion, that mm-hmm. it wasn't about it's on a test or you need to know this. And they never quizzed me. But it was just infectious that they loved it. And it's so clear in talking to you guys that it's infectious that you love this. And you just, of course, this is what we would do as a family. So this has just become part of your family culture, which I just think is so, so fantastic. And I really want to encourage other parents to, to, to say, you don't have to be an expert hiker. You don't have to have done this all your life and have that as your identity to transition into this. Now, how do we get the newbie people who haven't really, that just want to get going, that could just maybe Google a local park, a little local green space and spend an afternoon out there? Like, what can we do to get those people feeling confident that, you know, you're, you're not going to get eaten by a wolf and. And, uh, you know, uh, you're not going to catastrophic. Especially with bringing young kids, if they're warm and they're fed, they're happy. Warm, fed, and with mom and dad, or mom and mom or dad and dad. Yeah. So we, um, when our kids were babies, we bought a Patagonia down snowsuit. And they wore that a lot and they're comfy because when we're hiking and it's cold outside, we're generating our own heat, but if they're stationary, they're not generating their own heat. And so when you have fussy kids, 
it's a lot of times because they're cold. So having warm things for them to wear warmer than you would be wearing if they're not able to hike by themselves. Um, if they can hike by themselves, I would say the most important things would be um, making sure they're dressed correctly. So always having on pants, long sleeve shirts, because let's say you walk by something that makes your legs itchy. Well, that wouldn't be fun. So having long pants on, uh, you don't want to sunburn. So we just, we wear long sleeves, long pants year round, you know, always have hats on. And if your kids are wearing those things, then they can be walking around and really feeling like they're protected and they're going to have a good time. And then yeah, bringing their favorite snacks. So we have these, uh, chocolate dipped granola bars, which are uh, a good favorite. And we bring a, a big variety of granola bars actually. So that way, if they're in the mood for one thing, we can pull it out and. Yeah, I mean, give them some, have some treat, you know, ready for them to keep them motivated, you know, to, to keep going. But I would say also what's important is if you're just starting into it, you know, as, a, as an existing family, uh, not uh, just to set your goals reasonably uh, and progressively make things harder as you go along. But for the first hike, you know, make it something that is fun and enjoyable that everybody will want to come back to versus uh, making it some grueling experience uh, that then, you know, prevents you from wanting to do more. <laughs> yeah, it's better to do a little and have it be a frequent part of your lifestyle than to say, we're gonna have the one big trip to the mountains and it's gonna be so great. And then you have all these expectations on this one thing to satisfy them as opposed to just making it. Part of your life, yeah. yeah. It's, it's I, uh, I wanna piggyback on that thought. So parents like this idea of small, manageable, doable, repeatable, so that it just becomes part of the family culture. I think that's so true. When I, when I first got a dog and I was living in a part of Ontario that had this, this forest tracks, I guess it was divided into different tracks. And so they had mapped out by the city trails marked and, and parking and they were groomed in the winter and things. And they were, there was on and off dog leash areas and horses and, and wildlife there. But I'd go, I'd go out with my dog and say, I'm going to go, I, my goal is to do every single trek in York region. I want to go discover all these green spaces in York region. And I would go out every weekend for these longer walks with my dog, like, you know, maybe an hour and a half, two hours kind of thing. And when I was out there, I would bump into families that didn't have dogs. Some did, some didn't, but they were out with their families and they were always European. Like, where are the North American parents? Why is this such a classic European thing to just go for a walk with your families? And, in the, and when the weather was warmer, they'd throw down a picnic blanket and they would just sit there and have a little lunch and read a book or whatever. And they would just be out in green space. And I thought, we don't, we go to the mall. That's what we go to the mall. Um, so I'm encouraging parents, like you probably could just Google if you're not going to get on a plane and go to Reno, or if you don't live in Reno to go to the trails that you guys have mapped out and given all this book full of all this information, find, find your green space and just start, start slowly and, and give it and give it a go and do it regularly to, to experience it firsthand, how relaxing and calming and bonding and peaceful it is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, anything else you want to share? I'm going to put up links to your book. 
Um, uh, anything else you guys want to make sure that our um, parenting people hear before we uh, log off and I let you get on with your family life there? Because Yeah, so when we, we actually did almost all these hikes in lockdown that are in the book. So in the book, there's 101 different hikes in the Reno area. And every single one of those um, we did during lockdown with our family because that was something that we could do during lockdown because the open space and public space in our area was not off limits. Um, so I don't know if that's a final thought. <laughs> but well, we did, you know, because we could not visit like many of my socializing were walks around the city of Toronto. So if, if people could take that experience and keep it going and elevate it to the next level of, you know, green space integration and, you know, nature's playground, it's nature's playground. We should be out there with our people doing nature's playground. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wonderful. All right. Well, I will put the link to the book. Um, to, to any of the other resources that you sent. And um, I'm so very nice to meet you, hopefully in person one day. I'll come with my backpack. We'll, we'll go up and look at the wild horses and I'll bring my spoon to do my own digging. <laughs> 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 and thank you very much for this great contribution. All right. Yeah, thank you for having us. Right, thank you so much, Allison. You bet. Thanks. Have a great Bye -bye. day. Bye. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast, so thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.